0: Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jarrett Fuller, and this is a podcast about performative design. On this episode, I am joined by Teresa Ruler. Teresa is a designer, educator, and the co-founder of The Rodina, an Amsterdam-based design studio that describes themselves as a post-critical design studio with an experimental practice drenched in strategies of performance art, play, and subversion. I've been a fan of Teresa and the Rodinas since I read Teresa's online book, Action to Surface, a few years ago. Action to Surface presents Teresa's ongoing research and theorizes what she calls performative design, which employs strategies from performance art to interrogate the surfaces of graphic design, as well as larger questions around labor, capitalism, institutions, and social media platforms. Her work is vibrant and fresh and unlike anything I've ever seen. She often puts herself in the design, often using her own body in the work itself. So this is a conversation about performative design. We talk about what it is and why it might be helpful in thinking about our roles as designers. We talk about how designers working in more traditional spaces might be able to use these ideas in their own work, as well as how she moves between self-generated and kind of self-initiated projects and her client projects. And we talk about her ongoing research around play, games, and performativity and how this influences all of her work regardless of its context. If you like the show, I hope you consider supporting it on Patreon. We offer three monthly tiers, $3 for students, $5 for patrons, and $10 for superfans. Every tier gives you access to all sorts of bonus content like a monthly newsletter, early episodes, transcripts, and exclusive interviews, all while helping to financially support this show. So if you like Scratching the Surface, if you want to see it continue, if you want more of it in the world, I hope you consider joining us on Patreon. You can visit patreon.com surface podcast for all the details and to sign up. Thank you for your support. Support. and here is me with Teresa Ruler. Maybe the best way to begin for people who are unfamiliar with you or unfamiliar with your work and your kind of ideas around performative design, how do you describe what performative design is is.
1: Well, it's quite difficult with performative design because we have to talk about what is performance, performativity, <laughs> performative act. <right? laughs> so maybe just to start, what is performance to understand that it's the act or activity. And performativity would be its essence or nature, the quality of the performance. So performativity is maybe a concept and method of performance. So we have the act and the method. Mm and performative design it's something i'm still working on so you know i'm really interested in identifying different performative kind of aspects or components in design in graphic design in design processes and those results as well so how would i for now i would say that performative design considers and works with time and space mm. it opens design processes and performative design has ability to invite um, others or everyone. So it invites those who want to join in into these design processes. It's open not just for participation, but, but also for co-creation. So it somehow also breaks this hierarchy of the designer and the one who follows the task, let's say, but it's really more less, less hierarchical setup where invited people can co-create. Um, so audience is not a spectator anymore in performative design, but maybe more a player or contributor. Mm.
0: You set up a bunch of questions that I have, and I want to come back to this idea around bringing the audience, turning the audience into a participant or into a, a into a player. I want to come back to that idea, but maybe just for some context, I'm curious how you How you started kind of formulating this methodology. I know you originally studied fine art. Were you interested in performance art originally and then kind of got into design? Or did design come first and then you started uh, kind of thinking about performance? Can you talk a little bit about that, those early interests and how they came together for you?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, As a child, I was fascinated by theater and art Hmm. and fine arts. And that's actually like a combo coming from my parents and family, family of architects, artists, performance artists. So I would say I'm, I always used to perform and kind of analyze what, what I saw around me as as a child when I was little. And of course that led me to study fine arts. And I did quite a lot of performances and video arts, Mm. VJ and video art. And that's animation and moving image, working with time and not space at that time, but with with timing in videos and with timing with animations led me to graphic design. Mm-hmm. But then I was still like curious about how we can break that only the timing, the time and how can we insert bodies? How can we make it more alive? How can we talk about maybe a term eventness, the time and space? So how how can we, well, I was definitely, yeah, <laughs> I was fascinated by, by theatrical arts and, and, and fine arts together. So that combined with graphic design, it really makes sense to look at performativity in in graphic design. And I would say when I studied art, I wasn't that great artist because <laughs> I always wanted to communicate. I wanted to collaborate. Mm. And nobody told me that there's this fantastic field of communication design, right? So I was a little suffering trying to communicate uh, as an artist. Uh, so I realized, oh wow, there is there is something that exists already. It's it's called graphic design, and I can do what I really want to do.
0: That I mean, okay, so maybe this explains what my next question. As you were saying this, I was I was kind of curious about why. This is maybe a reductive question. Why you were interested in design? You know, it seemed like you were working on these interesting projects. You you come from a family of artists. You were doing these performances. Why did design have to become a part of it? But it sounds like it was this idea of communicating and collaborating
1: Exactly, was
0: a side that you maybe weren't getting in the more kind of fine art context
1: definitely yeah because the collaboration wasn't uh that fluent or easy uh in in arts context in fine arts context of course you were part of a group part of artists but uh, part of the artists uh i know collectives but but in a way communication was the core mm. and i couldn't find it in fine arts and i didn't know there's graphic design like pardon me like some kids they don't know and i was just like looking for it and it took me four or five years to really finish my bachelor studies to realize oh, there's the field i really want to be in and feel that fits me because i want to work with clients i want to talk to clients i want to help them uh with their ideas with their uh, i don't want to say finding solutions right but help them <laughs> with whatever they need and talk to them and develop projects with them um uh, yeah
0: can you talk about discovering like you know kind of knowing that you wanted to work with clients to kind of work through these types of problems kind of operate in this context coming from a fine art background having this background in performance were you immediately drawing on that background in that work did you like like i guess the question i'm asking is did you kind of immediately see connections of or ways you could bring in this kind of performance art practice into design or did it take some time to find a way to bring those together
1: no, it, to, it took me a lot of time to bring these two together to combine performance art and graphic design or communication design. Because when I was studying Royal Academy uh, in The Hague, in Netherlands, so I had to move from Czech Republic to Netherlands, uh, I realized there is something going on at that time. And that was looking at our kind of digital life, online life, social media life, Instagram live, Facebook live, um, now I would say also TikTok and all other (laughs) great examples of Twitch, like streaming our lives immediately, right? Not recording videos, but streaming. But at the time, it was more about recording our life, performing our best life. I wanted to comment on that. So most of my projects were commenting on how we perform ourselves, our job as well how designers are presenting their projects even before these projects are finished. Let's say if you look at um, the medium of print, the old medium of beautiful posters, uh, um, you were presenting your posters before they were finished, before they were printed. And now we live in time, you don't have to even like have that project running, you just present it, it's it's, it's put online. And for me that was performative moment when i realized this performance art is connected with real life so it's it's somehow this performativity is is penetrating the designer's life how we present ourselves mm. and i wanted to comment on that
0: That's really interesting because what i i when i was watching some lectures that you had given where you had clips of of videos that you had done and uh, you know, I guess performances that, that you've put on um, and, and you're kind of using these to ask big questions around capitalism, around social media, around yeah. technology, around institutions. Um, but there was also a sort of kind of inherent critique in design itself. It's like these projects were both about these bigger questions, but they're also about like what it means to be a designer. And so the, so that kind of comes out of... W- what I'm hearing you say, I think, is that you were you kind of found that performance was a way to actually kind of better understand design, maybe, or or understand how you could operate as a designer. Does that does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. So yeah, at the time, definitely performance became like a medium how to understand how I can become a designer. So mm. it was really applicable for me. But then I realized if I look at it and start writing about it and trying to look at other artworks and design projects from the kind of glance or perspective of finding this performativity, I could analyze these and I could put them in different groups and I started writing about that. So it became a small research (laughs) I kind of try to establish links between the body designer, designer's body action and uh, the design surface, the the beautiful designs that we all, uh, right? Design and deliver to the world. Uh, I I try to find kind of a link between these. But yeah, yeah, I was more, I was super optimistic at that time. So I was, well, it was, yeah, this book or the action to surface, It still, was still part of my graduation. So it was research uh, I've, I've done still, um, right? As part of my work, student work. But <laughs> I definitely took it to the next level because I realized <laughs> that uh, this per- performance uh, and performativity in design is something that. Let's say capitalism is trying to, in a way, um, take over or take from us as as designers, as workers, as working bodies, that we have to really perform ourselves in front of others, what we do and how we do it, that we are the best to be employed or best to get the job done. Mm -hmm. But we can actually, when we, so the capitalism appropriates the language of performative design or performance art, but we can claim it back by by uh, doing performative design. So I realized, uh, yeah, we, we don't have to leave it for the capitalism to take over. Let's say I talk about these huge social media companies to let us perform online. Mm-hmm. But as artists and designers, we can still claim it back, but it needs to include the the critique of it, or not just awareness of what's happening to the, to that, but also critique of it.
0: I have two questions that may or may not be <laughs> related um, because I think it's interesting how you're talking about, in a way, these platforms, social media platforms, I guess, capitalism at large is kind of forcing all of us to be performers all the time. Um, yeah. And that, and, and like you said, that you can, you can make a kind of quote unquote printed piece of design that never actually is printed. I'm fascinated by like mockup culture right now, how like, Every designer is using these same computer generated mockups to show their posters or or books, which I think you could argue is a type of performance in a way. You know, it's like you're just kind of performing the act of printing without actually printing in some way. And so I I I think that's kind of getting to this idea of the surface that you you talk about a lot and 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 you know, this is kind of the core of, of your idea of action to surface. And so I'm I'm wondering if you can talk about kind of why the surface is so critical to this and kind of interrogating that surface. And then the kind of secondary question, which maybe is is more just, I I, I wanna hear you kind of elaborate a little bit more on this idea of performative design it, it is almost like just making aware that all of us are performing anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like taking the, you know, it's like putting the glasses on so you can kind of see that all of this is a type of performance maybe.
1: No, exactly, because I, I don't know, but but somehow I am really excited to unwrap this sort of really complicated relation between performance and labor. So mm. growing up, being young designer at the time, I was really as a student looking, okay, my labor, my work, my design work, how can I make it worth? How can I make clients come to me? How can I make others to pay for my services, right? That's like the, the ultimate question everyone asks during their school studies and et cetera. So be it the digital labor of online production and consumption, or, or even like these roles we play on Instagram or social media, we are workers. We are also, let's say, combining the work with our leisure, we are also playbers, the one who mm-hmm. right. play in this kind of sort of exploitative relation or self-exploitative relation mm-hmm. or self-exploitative mode of work in the current capitalism. And performative design could, at that time, really offer, I would say, a means for fantasizing or even performing our way out, my way out of these structures of the current working conditions, while also becoming visible on the on the market, as I can say, by theorizing terror- that or theorizing on that. Mm. So... Um, in the way i could fantasize but also build the studio the way that i can i can write the, the theory about it or try to reflect on projects that i do so i always try to make projects around performative design playing with bodies with time space open processes inviting public into that and then i try to look at it analyze it what happens and and write about it or try to try to understand what just happened. What was this? Was this more yeah design and what right? Because people also were asking a lot at that time, are you making art? What's the difference between art and design? This <laughs> right. really bad question. Like on, on wrong questions there is no good answer. So I tried to really carefully unwrap what is this very intricate relation of performance and design. And where is the value of my work as a young designer? And how the surface right. brings this value. So the surface is really important because there's this attractive, in my case, very ecstatic, happy and excited. But on <laughs> the surface, there is all this bitterness of the reality we're living.
0: I mean, and what's also interesting to me about that is that the surface in, in graphic design or communication design kind of proper and more traditional context is always so polished. It's like, so perfect, you know, these mock-ups, uh, you know, are like, you know, always these like kind of really, you know, everything is finished. And so there's this, this like polish to it. And what I think is interesting about performative design and, and interesting about what you're talking about, and this goes back, this is a way to kind of come back to this idea about the audience becoming the participant is that performative design gets rid of that polish, you know, in some way. It kind of, or it reveals that all of this is just a surface, maybe and that there edited. is this stuff behind yeah. it. Yeah. And so yeah. can you talk about, you've talked before also about how performance is a way to create solidarity or community. Earlier in this conversation, we were talking about uh, the audience becoming the the participant or the player. Can you talk about, about that idea and how, how performance can do this in a way that maybe... Uh, you know, design generally cannot.
1: I think performative design has real power in, um, showing and sharing together life during special moments, playfulness, and imagination. And I know these words can be used and they can be so empty if you hear it. (laughs) But in this life situation together we talk about togetherness, right? This is like more Donna Haraway language of togetherness, entangleness, connectedness, living species together, but literally through p- performance, we can in certain moments, I'm not saying during the whole time of this performative event we can feel we are together, even though there might be clashes and collisions and this bumpiness yeah. of imperfect project, right? These projects are often failures, but we can feel we are together And that's really beautiful moments. And this imagination during performance really is something strong. It's really strong moments because, well, suddenly through embodiment, right? So I'm using these tactics from performance arts through embodiment or role play from game, from games, um, through role play and, and, and embodiment, you can literally become something else for a very short moment during the positive act. Mm. And these moments are so special because then you might understand different angles of looking at issue, looking at problem. Let's say we live in a very special time of so many crises at the same time, like the ecological total breakdown, the total meltdown of the planets. Like for example, we can, through that, we can for a short time embed ourselves and become, let's say, embody ground, I can I can make mm. people performative design understand how maybe the earth is feeling, for a short moment. But there is this like yeah, there is this breaking point when you start performing. Let's say I designed a, I designed playground, which is a spatial installation on the floor, and right. then then I design a geological poncho. So you can wear a poncho, you can wear a textile, you can wear the special surface that is designed but at the same time you embody this part of design so the design the poncho helps you to become part of the earth part of the ground and you in certain moment that there's a break breaking moment and you feel you are the earth you forgot about yourself as human being as designer or art lover or whoever and you for a short moment you really feel oh like this is me and i believe I'm, i'm ground i'm earth i'm something else and those are really important moments that we cannot easily monetize upon that these are the ones that
0: right. where
1: capitalism is melting because uh it's something else you cannot these feelings these moments of strong feelings emotions togetherness this is really something we cannot pay pay by money we cannot
0: right One of the things that I really like about your work and really appreciate about your approach to this, and and this goes back to something you were saying earlier about wanting to work with clients, wanting to, to collaborate is that this, this idea of performative design isn't just a a theory (laughs) or, or, or a methodology or something that just lives in the gallery that that you actually do, you know, you have the studio, the Rodina with your partner, um, that you describe as a post-critical design studio with an experimental practice drenched in strategies of performance art and play or performance performance art play and subversion and that that you're taking these ideas and you're actually kind of working with clients and doing these are not just self-initiated projects can you talk about how these ideas manifest themselves When you're working on client projects as well
1: well we are so lucky i would say that we can work in culture field so our clients if i talk about clients those are galleries museums, creators Mm. um yeah festivals art festivals music festivals uh or we sometimes collaborate with artists especially musicians so this already is i wouldn't say non-commercial sphere right there's still some commerce happening but uh, yeah, these are clients who understand that we are interested in culture, technology. We are we are also authors of this action to surface of performative mm. design, and they are excited to you know to insert a bit of that bit of that spice into <laughs> their visual identities. So yeah, we designed for for Harvard, we do GSD Harvard GSD. Mm-hmm for Front International, which is a huge triennale in, in Ohio. We designed for sonic acts in Netherlands. So those are festivals and organizations, institutions that need visual identities, but at the same time, they're looking for, let's say, designer with an attitude or... or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, how can... I was always thinking, how can I make or communicate my personal... Intentions or feelings publicly, and I think also through design and through these with these clients, I can do that. And curators, and especially museums and galleries, those are great clients because they have often really exciting topics Mm -hmm. and up-to-date topics. At least I was so lucky to have these clients, Uh, and these are things that I am interested in and I am excited about as designers. So it's not just like delivering visual identity, but literally. Me and of course Envid, my my partner and colleague, immersing into these projects, being part of these projects. So next to delivering uh, graphic design, communication, whatever is needed for let's say exhibition, then we also are becoming part of the project. So sometimes we're right. asked, oh yeah, there is space, and we want you, we want you to do whatever you want. And this is a dream task, right? This is a
0: dream right? Right. I mean, it's interesting too because there's you work on a, a range of projects some that are completely uh self-initiated to some that are working kind of collaboratively to some that are you know a little bit more kind of client focused i guess you could say but it's interesting to see the how that the range of that work is also kind of reflected in in range of the approach where in some of these projects you are physically part of the project and then even when you're not that still is like manifesting itself in the process you know that 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 that, that has changed the process and so i'm kind of curious do you approach these projects differently if they are kind of i i've I'm sorry to, to kind of divide it like this, but like the ones that are more like art kind of based, the ones that are completely self-generated versus ones where are there are commissioned, how does your process change depending on that context?
1: Well, once I really tried to follow the brief of making visual identity, I delivered something super dry and it wasn't me. And I, <laughs> and I thought, wow, now I really, you know, now I pushed myself, I'm so professional. I delivered that and the gallery where they were looking at me like what the fuck there is (laughs) that, you know, so, so I'm always trying since then, I know this is not the way for us, not for the Rodina. We always need to, we always have to infuse our drive, our interests in, we cannot just deliver uh, something without us being part of it. And maybe that's very Dutch, very Dutch kind of, um, approach. But I'm really really happy that I have discovered that because the, um, the background I'm coming from um, from 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 Czech Czech Republic it's it's a bit different it's different the, like there still the designer is uh, a service maker is somebody mm-hmm, who, makers, mm-hmm. who helps who uh, visually translates some mm-hmm. clients without being embedded in that designer without your own uh, in like uh, without your own how would i say
0: like point of view or voice or yeah, without, yeah
1: yeah so you are you're not having your voice uh in your project, and that's re- that's a pity i feel oh my god like we cannot say this is so objective or or pragmatic i can also be very objective pragmatic within the project and still deliver something exciting for the client something that contain yeah. that, that that has this kind of drive and spirit and excitement of potential performativity or or looking at things differently. I don't want to say differently because yeah, how, how am I different? but but um, trying to communicate it with the criticality, I mean because in in, in all these projects and visual identities are always, read about what what is it about the exhibition or the artworks that are being exhibited, let's say if this is exhibition design or festival. And then I try to I try to share these feelings or also different doubts, even you know, pains or uncertainties or happy moments in the design. So I'm really trying to be part of the project, literally embedded in the project.
0: I want to hear you talk more about this idea of Maybe how designers who are working in more of a service context could actually apply some of these strategies or work some of these strategies in. Because I, I think about this all the time. And I'm always talking with my students about how to, like you said, how, how can you find ways to inject yourself into these projects? You know, the designer does not have to be invisible. The designer shouldn't be invisible, probably. Um but it's but i also realize that at least in an american context that sometimes that's hard when you're when you're working with with clients and and you do need that kind of like dry identity system or whatever. Do you have thoughts on how somebody who maybe is working in a more traditional context could apply some of these ideas into their work in in different ways?
1: It's so different for every one of us, right? So we have our drives, we have our passions, we have our curiosities. So I would say, just look at those and that will guide you, that will lead you, definitely. Right, so I was interested in, in activity, act, performance, labor, right? Um, yeah. yeah, bodies and chance and open design processes. I really took that and, and I let, let myself being guided by, by these terms. And I look at that. And and I think that also, when it informed my work, it also brought different type of clients, clients who are excited Mm. about my topics. But that's really, really difficult. Like, everyone, everyone has their own passions and and dreams. I would say, even if you if you completely fail, and I also have my dreams that I failed, but but continue going for it.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: impossible to just like finish school and then uh and then do things that you maybe don't want to do like try try every evening because i also did that i mean i also worked for other designers i also didn't have money i really had to uh do things that you know i uh, yeah but every evening i was still like this is the rodina and i'll push i'll do it
0: yeah yeah let me ask you this that same question in kind of a a slightly different way that's maybe a little bit more general i'm i'm I don't know that much about performance art and the history of performance art, other than um, I mean, I read Action to Surface, which I think has. I, I encourage everybody listening to to read it, and I think you have such great references there. I'm very interested in the the, the kind of Bauhaus dances um, <laughs> and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, but what are some things that you think designers can learn from? you know, the act of performance art. And you're talking about play, you're talking about chance. How how do you see some of these actually having an influence on the design process?
1: I think it's quite important to realize that if you work with people as designer, be it if you do social design or other types of design, right? It could be quite interesting that you let others, different voices, you let the Mm -hmm. diversity to come into your project. Mm -hmm. So you're breaking this hierarchy of the author, authorship and who is joining. Mm -hmm you let others if you let people to be part of your project and I think that's a beautiful moment that you enrich your design by this diversity by different voices whereas if you're if you're a designer who wants to edit and edit and make things beautiful aesthetically uh right that's that's difficult because you're the only one who has the final touch so you are again in this hierarchical moment you are the one Of course, I understand that it's important because we are designers, we should take care about the beauty, the aesthetics, or that it all fits in, that it's systematic. But when you're doing and sketching out your performative design project, working with people, you are looking at different steps in time, what can happen in time, Mm -hmm. what my audience will do, how will people join in, what can they do, and what might happen in the project. So you are working uh you're sketching and preparing for the uh, the timing of it you know what might happen how the event might might unwrap but then well even if you prepare yourself completely (laughs) that's fantastic they will always try to break your system because they are curious they want to play and this playfulness is so important for me that people start to play with your guidances, with your invitations. I don't want to say rules, right? Because then we have to be careful about language. So right, I don't want to right. give rules to people to follow. I want to give invitations to people to play with and they will literally mess with it and try to break it, break your rules. And that's enriching moment because from that, sometimes the results might fail a bit. But from that you can make another project that will be informed by this failure or or, well, right.
0: uh, leak in the system. Right, right. Um, yeah, it reminds me. I think um, you know you're working on the front project with Prem right now, right? Yeah. Uh, and Prem, Prem has that line where he says every every project is a is a practice for the next project or something like that. Um, which I think is exactly kind of what you're talking about. I've been thinking about that, that idea a lot lately. I'm curious how this, um, how you think about this in a teaching and educational context also, because you, you, you're also a teacher, you've given workshops, you know, basically all around the world on these ideas. Um, I'm also a teacher and I, I think about, about some of these ideas in the classroom. How do you how do you think about ideas of performativity in in a classroom setting and kind of introducing these ideas to students?
1: Oh I really love to teach or be an educator, design educator, because after some time I realized it's not about the teacher and myself. I was so egoistic at the time. (laughs) It's about students and how they learn and my role suddenly switched and I, I Kind of as a teacher i i kind of embodied this facilitator or the frame worker i don't know i'm creating the frame and the life situation of education is happening also amongst the student within the students i don't want to say peer-to-peer right this is like educational theory pedagogy but literally they are they are doing the things they are curious about they want to do so i'm just like framing the situation i let them speak so I want to also break from this, who has the stage, right? Because right. Obviously the teachers were the ones who had the stage. I want to spread the stage throughout the whole, let's say, classroom. If we talk about old setup of the classroom, being <laughs> virtual classroom these days or whatever. And the stage is the whole educational kind of process. So the students are learning from each other, but, um, the, the regular practice of me as an educator I teach at design academy Eithoven, and that's called society and change so we mm-hmm. have quite quite an agenda to um, to fulfill so we're talking about social design and um, well the performative design is definitely part of it in a playful way um, right how to activate mm-hmm. certain exercises but uh, yeah there 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 is very in a way in it's connecting social issues to the, the broader sense of graphic design could be, and what would be the new role of young designers these days, because we don't, when we are educating young designers, we don't know yet what will be their future occupation because the industry is changing. It's literally changing right. from year to year, from month to month with different media, we have different technologies and yeah. So they have to find their own way being being socially sensitive and informed. So yeah, that's really my role there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's why I kind of asked about teaching also, because when you were talking about, it's not about rules, it's about invitations. That's, it. that's like exactly how I think about my role as a teacher is I'm not, I'm not imparting rules, or I'm not imparting ways to practice. But uh, to to kind of show a lot and, and and there's an interesting kind of parallel between teaching and and performative design, I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I'm curious how 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 has teaching and how has kind of giving how is teaching you know even if you're not teaching performative design proper um, but then also how have given these workshops on performative design has that changed your own approach to design and or your own kind of thinking around? ideas of performative design
1: ah that's a good question i don't know actually i mean i've i'm learning every time i do a workshop or something i am Mm -hmm. i'm literally learning from the workshop itself how it works because i always design a new workshop or different different kind of guidance or educational steps so it's always new Mm -hmm. project for me but i learn from the collective from the students i learn from them and with them so it's always a journey it's always exploration and that's how I like also my projects to be. So I guess that's connection. That's the only connection I can find right now, but that's a good question to think about.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm glad. But, but maybe um,
1: there's something really, um, because yeah, there's something really, maybe interesting for you, if you would ask, because now we live in this Corona time. right? So everything, also the teaching, education, all these workshops became online uh we also lost all the music industry or lost in the way that's there are no parties there's there are no Mm -hmm. there's no clubbing and yeah it's such a huge change And, and still it's this new norm i'm still not used to that and maybe where the performative design um really shifted or i i could learn from that also from this what is performative design working with bodies in time and space is that this time of isolation and uncertainty and being online all the time on conference calls, uh, really gave, um, me opportunity to, um, think about virtual bodies, think about online, mm-hmm. bodies, think about, uh, us being on these conference calls and how that, how, how us being connected with our displays all the time right. uh, can bring new design projects. So from uh from performative design and performance life the physical ones um those were often right all these were postponed or there there is no audience to work with etc because you have all these corona measures all the rules uh that really showed me that i can do online projects in different way so with vit in the studio we started to build different imaginary worlds Mm and looking at how performative design can enrich that or, or how, what can we learn from that in these online environments that we are making and building. So that's a huge shift. Um, and I think that's really something amazing because we are building these like game, game-like worlds online, right. which are 3D and you are entering this space as a user, but you have your body, you, you have your avatar and you can join others. So the clubbing is not completely lost because the <laughs> can be online or the education, the workshops, one of the workshops at Stelka Institute in Moscow, we did entirely online in one of these spaces. And we built that space together with students. That mm. was quite exciting. So we could kind of perform online virtually with our physical and virtual bodies there. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's quite exciting these days or for, for yeah, since 2020 already um to build these worlds for performance
0: that yeah it's interesting it leads into my next question i have two more questions to 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 wrap up but the next question is directly related to that i was kind of curious what you're thinking about now or where you see these ideas of performative design going or how do you want to kind of further explore those so there's some there's some thinking about it kind of digitally but where else are you thinking about um where to take these ideas
1: well (laughs) (laughs) that's a (laughs) good question so what I would say as as, a designer of performative design designing performative design projects um, looking at imagination and playfulness uh, I was working on a lot of I call it playgrounds spaces where you can do the performance where the performance can happen physically right? but since last year the the physical performance cannot happen and i look back into my huge passion through playfulness which is games um so these physical performative playgrounds as spaces for imagination they can literally be visually translated and designed into a world of, of online play online game let's say so we are kind of designing these games set up making virtual worlds as some sort of exercises in imagination or re the world in a way and it really connects the performative design because um, one of my early projects that was really literally dis- discovering and looking at different angles of performance was called Playber. it was right. a video and it was a short theory on what is this Playber, the play and labor because performance is really connected with labor as well mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the labor term comes from the game industry, from the game design, and this is a, this is a term criticizing this productive leisure, this uh, productive leisure in the time of really affordable digital technology. So it really comes from games, and me as a kind of old gamer <laughs> <laughs> that really connects the labor, play,ber games, gaming,
0: right, right,
1: playfulness. So it it makes total sense to. To kind of make these, make these days to work around that. And there, I mean, look at the film industry, like it has less, people are watching less films than playing games or watching Twitch or watching other playing games. So as designers working with time and space, the space can be virtual, the space can be 3D. So then the the games or or let's say artistic games right we're not making very commercial shooter games we're we're making nonviolent exploratory uh, multiplayer games let's say those games are something else so th- those can be imaginations of different worlds or proposals for better worlds
0: i i think you're exactly right i think that's interesting i'm not a gamer at all and so i'm very kind of fascinated and confused by the 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 rise of twitch and this idea that people are watching other people play games is just a
1: ultimate uh, performance this this ultimate this this performative design and performativity this is the ultimate stage of us performing online this is incredible because if i would know 2014 when i was really starting with this i'd be wow wow this is crazy
0: (laughs) yeah it is crazy (laughs) it is crazy that's the only word for it um my last question i'm curious what you're reading right now
1: okay I, I I'm still reading and rereading artificial hells that's a book uh, that's a book uh, by Claire Bishop really criticizing uh, criticizing performativity and collective performance especially because there there was always this dream of if we uh if we do collective performances this is great and so democratic and amazing but actually it it, it brings a lot of bumpiness and questions of, of authorships and all these things so uh, uh yeah so i'm reading that uh, artificial hells and then i was reading uh poems by audrey lord mm. amazing book it, yeah and then i of course next to that i was okay this poem is quite it's really hard so what was she writing next to it? And I discovered her super critical and amazing world. Well, yeah. And that's from, that's that's texts from seventies. It's so powerful. I was like, yeah, th- this this was a book, uh, your silence will not protect you, I think. Or no, her sisterhood, Sister Outsider. Yeah, both of them, Sister Outsider. And uh, yeah, it's just, it it almost made me cry. And some books can really make you cry and it never happened with theory and this if i say other lord that's a th- let's say for me it was more theoretical the text one of yeah. it, it's for first time that theory made me cry yeah okay when you read some poetry you can be really powerful but this was first time with theory that was something and then oh i have wait 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 i have to look uh because there is amazing there's there's amazing book Oh, my God, I really love that. <laughs> it's a trilogy. It's a trilogy about... Uh, it's a fantasies. I really love fantasy books and sci-fi books, uh, talking about future and different humankind, like kind of futuristic imagination and, and afrofuturistic imaginations. It's mm. quite- Season at, and it's the fantasy novel novel by by Jemison NK Jemison it's called uh the fifth season but it's 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 really super powerful female character or three characters but i don't want to make a spoiler alert here but um yeah you follow this powerful female character but actually the story is is more, is way deeper it's like i wouldn't say afrofuturistic but it's 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 futuristic in the way that it it tells the story of communities and powerful communities, but also the struggle of communities, and mm. it also tells really exact, I think, exact story of what what does it mean to be rejected by society you live in, or be suppressed, mm. totally okay, totally oppressed by the society you live in, and the fifth season really, in sensitive way, can introduce it. Through science fiction, it it can introduce it to readers who are really not, you know, who are really not into let's say feminism, Afrofuturism, but while reading this book, they can realize, oh my god, there is maybe st- still here patriarchal society, which is really, right, uh, yeah. So so it really beautifully op- opens up these these huge difficult topics in a way that I think I think Jemisin can really teach us about this, what's happening in the Western society, really.
0: I ask everybody that I talk to, the last question that I ask is, uh, what are you reading right now? And over the last couple of months, more and more people are reading fantasy, science fiction, Afrofuturism. uh, And I'm just not steeped in that that literature at all. And so I feel like I need to, to catch up. And I don't know if that is because, you know, of this current moment or the types of people that I'm talking to lately. And so I think that's a great list. That's such a, a great a book list to, to wrap this up. Teresa, thank you so much for doing this. I'm, I'm a big fan of your work and the ideas around performative design. I've, I loved Action to Surface. Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Jared. Thank you so much.
0: This episode was recorded on May 14th, 2021. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon and find previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.